You're listening to the Known Legacy Podcast, brought to you by Known Legacy Ministries. For more info, go to www.knownlegacy.org or look for us on social media under Known Legacy. Now here's your hosts, Bill and Travis. I would say the hardest thing for a parent is to see uh, your kids hurt or suffer. Is that fair to say? Yeah, that's very fair to you say. You know, and when they're when they're little, you kind of like, oh, it's just a scrape knee or whatever. But but the older they get, the bigger the hurts, right? Yeah. And uh, that's brutal. And so, yeah. um, so the story of my son, the bubble wrap boy. <laughs> All right. Dun dun dun. So this kid, um, God bless him, man. He is. He's he's always been big. Like every checkup we've ever had with him, he's above the ninety fifth percentile in size and weight. You know and and that's been a whole other journey that we'll talk about at some point is, is, is you know, this kid. But anyways. He was like two years old and they handed right. him football so pads. <laughs> like, Here you go, sir. <laughs> right. So he's he's 12 years old. He's about to turn 13. In fact, he turns 13 tomorrow. So happy birthday, Jake. Wow, and, happy um, birthday. And he's 5'8 uh, he's right now, 5'9, pushing 5'9. We're seeing each other eye to eye now, and I don't know, don't know how I feel <laughs> about that. Um, but, you know, he's pushing 200 pounds. He's at like yeah. 195 or something like that. And he's just solid. You know, he's a little fluffy, but he's just solid. He's not yeah. like yeah. grotesquely overweight or anything. Correct. He's just Correct. a big, solid kid. Just a big kid, kid right? yeah. And, well, you know, as you're growing up, that puts stresses on bones. So, you know, just a, a, a quick rundown of, of my bubble wrap boys' um, uh, infirmities, you might say. Even in the last couple of months, right? I know. <laughs> well, it's all happened on his left side, which is really bizarre. Interesting. So when he was young, you know, um, first grade, I think, maybe, um, he fell and he broke his arm. And, uh, you know, so we got the cast on and everything else and, and, uh, they, they got him out of the cast probably too soon. And, and within 10 days of getting out of the cast, he fell and he broke his arm again. Right. Wow. Which is always fun to go to the hospital, same hospital. And everyone's like, are you abusing your kid? You know? Yeah. And, and then I'm like, no, I'm not. But everyone was asking Jake, you know, in, in case they had to call CPS, you know, so what happened? You know, what really happened? So, you know, he got his ar- arm broken again and, and. Then he had to re-break it because they set it wrong the first time. So a weekend they they did the checkup and they're like, oh well, um, so we're gonna cut this cast off. And you know the technician looks at me. He goes, you just need to just hold his hand and let him scream. I'm like, okay, this is a great feeling as a dad. Mm. And so they they re-break his arm and reset it. And you're oh. like, oh my gosh, this is brutal. I can't I can't handle yeah. this. So then fast forward a, a few years. And uh, he takes this crazy, we're out camping, and he has his bike, and he, he's going down this hill, and he decides he's going to take a big turn, but it's too fast for him, and he doesn't want to, you know, skid out. So he, he actually goes over a six-foot wall. Like, the wall at the parking lot is, like, two foot, and then it goes over six foot. And he hits the wall. Him and the bike go flying. He hits the bathroom outhouse, right? And uh, luckily there was a nurse there and the nurse comes running over, convinced that this kid's going to have like a concussion or something like that. And to his credit, he just bounces up. He's like, I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. You know, some scrapes and bruises, but I'm good. And everyone's up, up floored by that, you know. And then you fast forward a few more weeks and or months or years, actually. And he's out on a four forerunner and uh, um, he decides to uh, his sister's coming up behind him and honking the horn. And so he turns to the left to look at her. And uh, that happens to turn the handlebars, and he goes straight into a barbed wire fence, and Ooh, he gets tangled I do up. Remember in a, that? Yeah, and he he's got a nice little scar above his his left eye. That that's where the barbed wire went into his eyelid and missed his Whoa. eye just by like millimeters. And uh, so you know he had that going on, and and then this summer uh, after football training camp, uh, he he's hit limping real bad, and and he has skiffy is what it's called, which is where the growth plate on the hip joint yes. has uh, broken free. 
And if you don't reattach it, you could lose the growth plate, and then you have one leg longer than the other. So he had hip surgery, was in a wheelchair for three weeks, and, and uh, you know, th- oh, God, this kid is just brutal. So this past week we were in Houston uh, visiting cousins for Thanksgiving, oh and gosh. he's at the park playing, which a 12-year-old kid should do is play tag. And he's slow as molasses, man. This kid has, like, a permanent piano attached to him, and everywhere <laughs> he runs it's like, we call him Moose for a reason. He just—he's just this big lumbering dude. He's like, I don't know how to control any of my body. You know, he's fantastic. <laughs> and he—he uh, he goes, and there's a little post sticking out, and he's gonna step on the post to pivot and turn um, to <sighs> e- evade the tagger. And uh, he steps on the post, he pivots, and his ankle keeps going, and he breaks his ankle. <sighs> he, he heard the pop and everything. Oh. And so the kid literally has been out of the wheelchair for like two months, has been out of the, like the leg brace for, you know, a, a, a month or so. And now he's in a cast. Oh, gosh. All on the left side. He needs to make sure he has good insurance <laughs> when he gets older. Dude, I have hit the deductible. He is my deductible kid. Yes, he, he is. is. He is my deductible kid. Thank you very much for health insurance and for uh, uh, health savings accounts. So anyways, um, we're, we're and I, my heart just breaks for him because I'm like, this kid cannot get a break. Pun intended. <laughs> I mean, he's, he's getting too many breaks. <laughs> it just he can't, and, and it just breaks my heart because I'm seeing this kid who should be like this uber active, twelve, thirteen year old kid, and he's like on crutches again. Every and now break, yeah, everything, man. He is Mr. Glass. <laughs> so, and it's always when we're with the cousins or we're with other family. It's fantastic. I love it. So, anyways, so we're driving to school the other day, and I figured, you know, as a dad, I should finally check in with him and see how he's doing. So yeah, yeah, yeah. So, hey, um, h- how are you doing with all this? So what's, it, what's your mental state? He goes, ah, I'm okay. I was like, have you asked the question yet? You know, why me, God? He goes, ah, oh, I ask it every day. I'm just like, why me? Why this? Why not? It's turned into a really good conversation. Fast forward, and we're, we're pulling in the school parking lot, and, and he, he, he kind of shifts gears a little bit, and he starts talking about a friend of his that he made this year at the school. And uh, he's talking about how, um, you know, one of the unintended consequences of him being in a wheelchair the first three weeks of school was that he had to get pushed from class to class. And, and, you know, lunchtime was brutal because he couldn't go through the line. He had to get have all of these strangers serve him. Right. And and these strangers have turned out to be really good friends. And one of the interesting things is all of these kids were brand new to Argyle, Argyle Middle School. None of them had friends. None of them had a friend group. And now they all That's have so this. so cool. This is their friend group. This is what so it is, cool. right? And so I was kind of like, you know, hey, maybe, you know, that maybe your your hip thing was because God knew you, you all needed friends and this is the thing that was going to be used. And he goes, yeah, well, and one of my friends, he had just moved in and he moves quite a bit and uh, he was just really down on himself because he doesn't have any friends and he really struggles in school and he was kind of suicidal. I was like, whoa, 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 what? Yeah, time out. And uh, he goes, yeah, I just, you know, he, he, he was ready to just, he, he, it was too hard, it was too much, and he was just, he was thinking maybe it would be better to just bow out. Yeah. I'm like, wow, holy smokes. That's scary. I said, and where is he now? He goes, oh, he's great, man. He's got this great group of friends. We are always texting each other. And I, and I paused and I said, so maybe, just maybe, I don't know, but maybe, just maybe, God allowed you to have this hip thing at the start of school because he knew you could handle it. Right, because you you handled it really well. You knew you could handle it. Yeah. But he knew that someone else in the school needed a community that was only going to be forged through the kid in the wheelchair. Wow. And where he is now. Wow, bigger picture. Yeah, 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 yeah. 
and I look over. <laughs> I can see him kind of, you know, like the allergy attack, you know. Yeah, yeah, you know, it's oh, just well, allergies. It's just dust allergies, in my eyes. you know, dust in my eyes, you know, kind of thing. And and you could see him like kind of wake up to like, oh my gosh, there this might be like, this might be one of those few moments in life when personal suffering, you see the blessing for others in your own personal suffering. Yeah. And uh, it it was really just like that moment, like going, holy smokes, you know. And and it all of a sudden he had a good attitude to begin with, but all of a sudden his attitude about the whole thing immediately shifted. And he's like, "Game on, let's go, bring it on." You know, kind of, kind of like a proactive attitude versus like a reactive, like Ugh, things stink. Yeah, 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 yeah. Dude, that's so cool. I, but I, I, that is so awesome to hear that 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 he saw that that you saw that 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 was a great moment because uh, stuff like that happens all the time, and we look at it and go, "Why God? Like, why did you do that?" I know in my life, a lot of my journey. Was me asking God, why did you do this? Like I've been good, mm-hmm. like I've been a good guy. Mm-hmm. Like like, wh- wh- you know, I'm 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 not cheating on my wife. I'm not cheating on my taxes. I'm doing work, and you know, <laughs> Uncle Sam isn't mad at me. Like what's going on? All these things are, are you know, I think I'm doing all the right stuff. And then and, and boom, and life is still brutal and full of malevolence and full yeah. of suffering, and it it still sucks. And 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 I think about you know even now as you're talking, I'm thinking about Joseph, who, again has been like my poster child for a good attitude. Right, and if you don't everything. know, jo- Joseph is uh, one of the key characters of the Old Testament. You'll find much of his story in the book of Genesis, which is the first book of the Bible, which is uh, actually written, uh, historically people say it's written by Moses, which is interesting. Yeah, so, so um, he shares the account of Joseph right. and this idea that Joseph was stolen away from his family, in fact, by his own kid, by, by, by his own kindred, I almost said, by his own brothers. I guess kindred <laughs> is the word if I was speaking in King James tongue, but um, by his own brothers. Upon the morrow, the kindred has kidnapped him. But no, it's they, brothers. It's his brothers. brothers. They took him. They sold him into slavery. If you know the story, just go through the story. One bad thing after another, and you get to the very end of it where he ends up, fast forward. Well, okay, before okay, we go get there, it. don't miss like the craziness of the brothers. Oh, yeah. Like, like here... <laughs> The, br- the brothers are not even like full b- blood brothers, many of them. They're all like, um, so dad yeah. um, got like like tricked into marrying the older daughter, which was yep. homely, and then finally spent seven years earning the right to marry the younger daughter, mm-hmm. Rachel, and, but Rachel can't have kids, so he starts having kids with Leah, and then she can't have any more kids, and so um, Rachel's like, well, why don't you have kids with my servant? Yep. So now he's having a whole second set of kids with a servant, and then Leah gets ticked, and Leah's like, well, why don't you have kids with my servant? So here, he's like, sweet. <laughs> I mean, let's be honest. The guy is sleeping with everybody. Right. It's then, like a real life soap opera. And then, and then Rachel finally, God says, "I've heard the cry of your heart, and I'm going to give you your heart's desire." And he has a kid, and this is Joseph. And it, and so of course he's like overly in love with this kid because this is the 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 promised child. The, right, right, yeah. right. The promised child, and um, you know, and there's a whole host of imagery about Israel, and yep. you know, and the the long story and the foreshadowing of Christ in that story, but. The whole family dynamic is dysfunctional. Yeah and, yeah, and and I'm always intrigued by the fact that this is the family that God built His nation on. Yeah, is this like brothers who have different moms, one dad, and they're all living together trying to make it work. And now you have Joseph, who his um he wakes up from dreams. He's like, hey, I had a dream last night, and the brothers are like, oh, 
shut up. No, my dream was that I was in charge of all of you and you had to bow down to me. Ha ha. You know, yeah. I don't know if you shared it that way. Maybe you shared like, I just had this little dream. and it, You know, yeah, I don't exactly. Know. Whatever. But, but it was dysfunctional through and through. And so for me, I take comfort all in that way. knowing I look at my family and I'm like, man, we are dysfunctional. We put the fun in dysfunctional. <laughs> So, so yeah, so you fast forward through all of that to where eventually Joseph is leading, leading the, uh, the Egyptians. He's like second in command to Pharaoh and, and his brothers think that he's dead. They, they come back and see, they, they have to go to Egypt because there's such a drought that they had to go buy food from the Egyptians or they were going to die. They didn't know it was their brother. Long story short, he reveals himself to them. The dad comes over, like the whole nation of Israel at this point, which is basically all that family, comes into comes into Egypt, and then dad dies. And now, the brothers are scared because they're like, "Wait a minute, hang on, you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna have like revenge on us." And I love what Joseph even and he could have he was second in command. He could have been like, "Hey, you are you are all done." But I love what Joseph says. He looks at it in verse in verse twenty of Genesis fifty. And he says, as for you, you meant evil against me, but God meant it for good to bring it about that many people should be kept alive as they are today. And so this idea that God, God doesn't take the negative in us without a purpose of doing something great right. in it. Right. And so, so the negatives that Joseph could have hung his entire life on and never gotten over was one, his brothers betrayed him, threw him into a, a, um, a, a well, sold him into slavery. He is now a slave. He gets hired by a, a family. He becomes very successful. The husband's away. The wife wants to sleep with him. He says no. She accuses him of rape. Yeah. He goes back into prison. Low man on the totem pole. Yeah. Finally gets elevated. I mean, it's like tragedy after tragedy after yeah. tragedy. Yeah. And at the end of it, he has this big picture perspective, this horizon picture perspective of like, no, I haven't forgotten my people and where I came from. Yeah. And I don't hold any anger or animosity towards you because I realize my God is a good God and he can use evil for, for good. good, yes, he's a redeeming yes. God. That's what he does. That's the story. <laughs> you know? And you know, and, and so now, now we're sitting here. It, you know, it, oh, by the way, have you ever heard the song uh, by Robert Earl Keen, uh, uh, "A Merry Christmas from the Family"? No. Oh my gosh, it is like, it is truly a story from Joseph and his family. All right, I'll it's, check it, it out. It, it, I'll yeah, check it out. I mean, it, it's just a fantastic Interesting. Texas I'll check it out. country, Texas song. country song. Yeah. Well, um, it, the the whole thing about this that that, intri- that intrigues me is you know, uh, we're we're talking about this around. Christmas time and people are like why are you talking about Joseph around Christmas time because Christmas and the holidays can definitely have some negative thoughts on people some negative memories or some feelings of like man I've been downtrodden a lot like man I'm trying to do the right thing and I just keep getting kicked down well a couple things I keep picking up from this is God's never left us he he sees the plan you know um, the same idea of a guy who may not like the fact that he's lost his job and he's working at Pizza Hut right now but the whole purpose is God's going no I need you there because Tom, who works the night shift, was going to end his life, and I needed someone who knows Jesus, who knows me, to be a part of his journey. Right. So to look at that bigger picture, but then, the, but then, even in the, the you know, the minutia of our of our families, that we may overlook right now, this idea of what what it means to stop and focus on the holidays, and we as dads have an opportunity now to be intentional to turn things just an inch at a time away from where they were to what they could be. Right. To find those moments even tonight and go, how can we find ways to impact my, my family right now, to begin to lead the way that God's called me to lead? You know what I'm saying? Right. The way that he's called men to lead. And so I think part of that is redefining your purpose. Because I think a lot of us go to a baseline purpose and we, we kind of stay there and we 
we forget to take time to, to, to look at their horizon. I was listening to a comedian this past week, and uh, he shared this little story in between. It. I love com- comedians because they can speak into real life yeah, yeah. You know, in, in crazy ways. And so it's a Monday, and everyone hates Mondays, and his car breaks down, and so he's got to go to get it fixed or something like that. And he's in there, and he's talking to the technician that's getting the car fixed. And, you know, they're just starting to have this conversation. He goes, so, you know, what do you do? He goes, I just fix cars. He goes, Really? That's what you do? He goes, yeah, I just fix cars. It's miserable. I hate it. He goes, well, well, why do you fix cars? You know, and so he starts asking these probing questions. Yeah. And after a four or five minute conversation of this kind of like digging in, the, the guy wakes up and goes, whoa, whoa, wait, I, I don't fix cars. I help people get to meaningful destinations, you know, because, you know, he, he was finally like, well, who comes in? I don't know, people coming. Well, imagine, who comes in here? Well, grandmas and grandpas and teenage kids and stuff. They go, right, why do they need a car fixed? Well, because they're going to see grandkids or they're going to this thing or they're going to that. Right, you're not just fixing a car. You're actually providing them transportation to a meaningful destination that they have. Yeah, yeah. You know, and all of a sudden you could see the, the comedian says you could see his entire demeanor shift and come alive because he was seeing this bigger picture. It's that old proverb about, you know, the guys that are building cathedral and and he, you know, a guy asked 99, you know, what are you doing? He goes, I'm a stonemason. I just make stones. And one guy goes, ha I'm building the house of the Lord. You yeah, know? exactly. And it's that same thing. And for us as dads, we can f- quickly dissolve or devolve, devolve, dissolve, whatever, um, tomatoes tomatoes into this i'm a provider and uh, i put food on the table and i work 40 hours a week you're like no no no, no. you're laying the groundwork for the next generations to come alive in their vocation and in their marriages and in their future and your grandkids you know um that's what you're laying the foundation to yeah you know that's exactly I, i think now is a great time to turn this you know every year People want to be better with health, be better with finances, be better with even spiritually. There's this this pull of I want to do things different. It can start now, just an inch at a time. Because, you know, there's something about yeah. starting January 1st and everyone goes, oh, dad's at it again, you know, just trying <laughs> to fix things. But imagine if you took now, if you started right now to say Advent is a time that we can stop every day. In fact, you know, um, we, we at Known Legacy, we actually put out a new Christmas Advent this year. You can awesome. go Awesome. I love it. And this is what I love about it. It's all on like two pages. Yeah, it's So simple. it's not like a, a booklet that you have to print out. It's one page front and back. And yeah. every day there's a little bit of like, here's a thought. Correct. Here's a Bible verse. And here's a question. And brilliant. Well done, man. That's well it. done. Well, that's props to my wife who's way better than I am. And so, but this whole idea of stopping and even taking a minute, like we, we do that and it takes about four minutes every night. And that includes lighting the candle. Like, you know, I mean, and it can take longer, but it doesn't come out with this giant novella of of information. But just this idea of, hey, here we are. Let's sit down as a family. And dads, it's easy for you to do because you have been empowered by the Lord to lead your family. So you taking that lead. It's not too late. It's only December 11th right now, I think, or something like that as this as this podcast launches. It's not too late to go. Well, we couldn't start at day one. Well, we're not talking about perfection. We're talking about impact, right? And right. so, and so, 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 take the time now to find whatever you can to hold on to and say, "No, I'm going to turn the tide for my family." And it's not just for me. Again, it's for my grandchildren, for my great grandchildren, because these are the times that are making memories for your kids to go. I don't know. We always used to do that. Like right. for for example, one one of my old pastors, um, he always used to eat. He eats the crazy macaroni with canned peaches. That sounds disgusting. Yes. And so I asked him, I said, why do you do it? And he goes, 
he and he and his kids never knew why, but his kids only eat macaroni with canned peaches. So eventually one day they sit down and they're like, "Why do we do this?" And he's like, "I'm not too sure." So he went back and he asked his mom. And his mom said, well, we, we've always done it. And she goes, here's why. Because during the Great, the Great Depression, his, grand, his grandmother had at one, they were only eating mac and cheese all the time. Just mac and cheese all the time. Because it was cheap. It was easy to what eat. what they could afford. And one day, she had a can of peaches on the, on, on, the, uh, on the counter. She just opened them up and poured them on the mac and cheese. And the kids <laughs> loved them. And they've had mac and cheese and canned peaches. And it's and we're talking four generations, right? It's mac and cheese. So I'm going the little thing that you might look and go, nah, it's just another night. It's not another night. Right. It's an impact into who your who your kids are going to become. So I've plenty of dad fails in my past, and I'll have plenty of dad fails going forward. But oh yeah. There was a tension in me uh, from that prayer and solitude retreat, and so we had our our second because the the week of Thanksgiving we didn't do it, but we had our second sacred Monday night, where we. Um, for 25 minutes now, we're up to, to, to 20, 25 minutes. It's awesome. Where we sit in solitude and silence, right? So cool. And But my daughter has a project due, so she had a friend over. And, you know, so I'm in this quandary of, like, do we do this? Do we not do this? It's going to be awkward. It's going to be weird, whatever. I was like, we're going to do it. So they're out in the garage working on this project, and um, they have to come through the house. And everyone is in the living room quietly reading and doing something, right? Journaling or whatever. And afterwards, I asked my daughter, I was like, you know, what what did... What did your friend think about that? And she goes, well, she was kind of like, well, like, what's going on? And so I explained it to her, and she was like, that is amazing. Like, oh, my family needs to do that because we're so busy just to have a night to sit down for just a little bit and just be still. Love it. I need to do that with my family. And I'm like, holy smokes. You know, like, again, but, it, but Dad, it takes us. It does. It takes us to just put a, put a stake in the ground and say, this is what we're going to get after this time, you know, and start running after it and uh, and making the sacrifice. Because I wanted to watch Monday Night Football. It was yeah. a good game. Yeah. But I'm like, no, nope, we're going to do 15, 20 minutes of quiet time. And uh, it was it was yes. awesome. And, I, and, and again, we are called to be the, the, the heads of our household as according to the scripture. And, and that, is, that is us taking that direction. There's something powerful about a dad stopping. Moms are, are rock stars at this. They, they hear the spirit of God and they and they respond to it. But dads are sometimes a lot slower. I don't know about us, but you know, for us to take charge, though, the impact is so exponentially greater in the idea of not not better than the mom. There's just something different about when the dad goes, I'm on board. And not even on board, but leading the charge. Right. And our wives want us to lead the charge. And it's and this is not a this is not a dominance thing. This is a biblical response to our wives not having to take the charge because we are leading. And so guys, find some time in the midst of this Advent season to stop and look around and go, hey, here's some resources. Again, we've offered a resource for this Advent that's super easy. Questions are simple. Verses are out there. But it's not even just that. It's taking the time for that. Hey guys, we're going to sit down and we're going to be thankful for something. Hey guys, you know, we're, we're going to stop and we're, we're going to pray together as a family. Or you know, and we're all going to eat at the table. You're not going to get to eat on the couch right. tonight. And the phones Those are going to be left in the other room. Yes. So find something this, this Advent season to set a tone so that by the time 2020 comes, and I know it's coming right around the corner, but still there's two, three more weeks left for us to set a new tone. You so have momentum the, moving the right direction. Yes, there, there, the moss is shaken off the stone and you can begin to move forward in a positive way to impact your family. And that's what Advent is about, is stopping to take time to recognize that God is still in control and he is also in charge of your life. Right, right. So guys, we are for you. Uh, I, I mean, <laughs> I know how uh, busy life can get, and uh, I know the guilt that can rack you from time to time about all the 
opportunities you've missed. But today is a new day, and yes. uh, it's never too late. And so one degree of change today can be miles for your grandkids down the yes, road. Yes, so don't so. forget that. So uh, we'll post that Advent. Uh, it'll still be up. You can go to knownlegacy.org slash resources uh, on, our, on our webpage, and you can just scroll down to the bottom. You'll see the Advent, and you'll see a little activity calendar that we are uh, activity cards that you can put in which is simple make hot chocolate watch a christmas movie things you're already going to do are done with intentionality right you want to check us out on social media under known legacy and we'd love to connect you and have you be a part of our mailing list info at knownlegacy.org right. and if, if for any reason what you're hearing and what you're being a part of is is meaningful to you and your family um if you want to make a donation to help keep this going please go to knownlegacy.org and uh make a donation yeah, knownlegacy.org slash donate. That'd be great. Thank you, guys. God bless, and uh, have a Merry Christmas. Yeah, yeah, and pray for my bubble wrap boy. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for listening to By Dads for Dads on the Known Legacy podcast. Look for us on social media under Known Legacy or go to www.knownlegacy.org to stay connected. For booking or questions, email us at info at knownlegacy.org.